everybody sing that shit. So, it's another episode of the, the Breakdown Podcast. We have Andrew DeLuca, or Andrew Vegas, as you're now known. Is that because everybody yes. refers to you as being in Vegas? Everyone refers to me as being in Vegas, but uh, just, some, just some stuff that I'm doing in my own social media world. Uh, uh, trying, trying to get people not to find my personal information. So, <laughs> whoops. Trying try, trying to hide it a little bit but it's all good it doesn't matter <laughs> well, you're a long time agoraphobia sufferer or were like um you know what it's all about uh, oh yeah no um it started for me back in 2007 dealt with panic attacks since as far back as i can remember being a little kid um and then generalized anxiety super super bad uh, over the last couple of years but I've moved on past that, and then the agoraphobia. I'd say, I mean, I still definitely have a hard time going further distances. I'm only going about several miles yeah. uh, comfortably before the whole lockdown and everything. Mm-hmm. With the lockdown, you know, I'm leaving the house like once every couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. But it honestly, the cool thing is the agoraphobia definitely prepared me for this this lockdown because all my friends and family are like i'm losing my mind i'm yeah. so stressed i can't leave the house i'm like i've been saying that i've been saying that for this. weeks we are we were super primed and ready for this shit yeah 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 it's like guys i can tell you how to get anything sent to you you don't ever have to leave the house <laughs> with me. i got i got you i'm very resourceful this <laughs> it's good but, but it's not no. good so yeah, are you are I'm, you noticing now then when you do go out if you can only go out a few times you're restricted are you noticing that there's a bit of a build up of anticipatory anxiety now or do you yeah, think you, do but, you make enough progress for it to not be hindering you or I would say the places that I was going to before the lockdown things that were super or weren't difficult anymore they've now become difficult okay. but <clears throat> can't really forget what you've learned mm. and i kind of go out with such a, a like i guess a tenacity of kind of my my plan of attack whether it's a planned exposure or just something i have to do um is oh i'm anxious i'm going like you know i've mm-hmm. got a lot of anticipatory anxiety just popped up I'm like let's just go now let's just get it done rather than bang my head against the wall for the next several hours try and put it off Either, you know, then I end up not going and then I end up feeling super bad about not going. I'm just like, you know, let's just go. Let's just go have the panic attack or freak out or whatever happens. And I would say nine times out of ten, it ends up not being anywhere near as bad as I thought yeah, it was yeah. going to be. Yeah, that's so the I just, theme. Yeah, just go out and attack it. Go out, get it done. And, you know, I was, you know, sometimes you get that little residual anxiety afterwards. But <clears throat> I've gotten so good at just come at me bro <laughs> just mm. that's, that's kind of my mentality so how, how bad was it when when this first kicked off for you how bad was it did you know anything about anxiety or was it like were you learning on the job so to speak? Um, when it first started happening when it first when my world first started shrinking it got i didn't know what was happening um, I went to a doctor. They told me that it was anxiety. They didn't say anything about panic disorder or agoraphobia. They just said, you know, you're having that anxiety. 
here, take these pills, these will help. Um, you know, and that's kind of where the medication route started. Mm. And without, you know, doing any research, I mean, this is 2007. I mean, social media was kind of just coming online. You know, the way we grew up, you didn't just go to Google for anything. You just trusted your doctor and if he knows mm. I do. And then whenever I got side effects, I was just like, ah, I don't like this. It's not for me. And they would just send me different, uh, try this medication, try this. It's funny. I got poked and prodded a lot. They gave lithium, which I'm like, that's, that's not what you give people with anxiety. Isn't that for bipolar and stuff like that? Yeah. Uh, they put me on a lot of bipolar medication because <clears throat> their theory was, well, sometimes you're anxious, sometimes you're not. Well, I'm only anxious when I get in the car to drive somewhere, like when I had to go to work. Yeah. But yeah, they didn't chalk it up to anxiety. They just said, oh, you're bipolar. I'm like, really? um, yeah, I'm like, I don't think I'm bipolar. Mm. Um, but yeah, lithium. And then uh, I think in that those early days, I got Zoloft, Axel, and it just wasn't for me. So I quit that. And the way that I just dealt with it was, okay, I have a hard time getting to this job that's, you know, eight miles away. Um, let me avoid the freeway getting to work. That was still hard. So then it was, ah, no, let me just get a job close to the house. Mm. That was fine. And then uh, the recession hit back in 2008. And Las Vegas, we got hit super hard because when people are hard up for money, mm-hmm. your mm-hmm. number one goal is not to go to Vegas. Let's not gamble <laughs> what we do have. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And, you know, just trickle down effect when strip isn't busy when the hotels aren't busy that's you know basically our biggest uh income in this city Mm. um that then shuts down um construction which is our second biggest income in this city in which case again it just trickles down no one's going out to eat and that's why i'm a bartender and uh, a waiter and uh both those uh, i was working two jobs at the time both full-time and both uh, businesses actually went under Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I was unemployed to find a job for eight months. And so I was completely homebound. And yeah. that's when it really set into the point where I couldn't leave the house. And over the years, you know, out of, I have to work, I have to provide. Mm-hmm. Um, I would work everything very, very close to home. And then, you know, that's kind of just how I lived my life. I kind of carved it out. I avoided things. Um, lost a ton of friends. I basically got to the point where friends are like, look, um, you're a cool dude, but I don't want to hang out with you at your house all the time. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, you're not coming to my kid's birthday or you missed my wedding or you did this, you did that. So it just led to a very small world. And uh, eventually uh, it got so bad. That's when generalized anxiety set in. And um, that's when I reached out. And that's when I kind of found, you know, you and um, all the podcasts you did with Drew, mm-hmm. found, mm-hmm. obviously your podcast, Claire Weeks. And, um, <clears throat> when I got involved in that, I was in such a bad and dark place to the point where, like, you know, I was crying on my couch, couldn't get yeah. up. Even though I worked from home, I couldn't work. Every, everything terrified me. Mm-hmm. Um, and just, it was kind of like a Hail Mary. Like, I just, I got to. You, you know, gotta do something. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it was just like, look, I already feel so terrible. Um, it's like I kind of just left it like, tell me what to do. 
And mm-hmm. I don't care how scary it is. Just tell me what to do. And if, if you say this will work, I'll do it. And that's what I did. And, you know, it took time. And then I kind of learned more on my own just through doing. And uh, I would say I made a complete 180 when it comes to my generalized anxiety. Uh, and then with the agoraphobia, I've got much, much further out. I now live more of a normal life. I'm not going on vacation or holidays, you guys would say it. Yeah. Um, but I can get... <clears throat> I can get to the stores, I can get to my kids' school, I can go to events. Um, I'm one of the coaches on my son's uh, Little League baseball team. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would say life has definitely gotten better. Now it's just a matter of not settling for, okay, this, yeah, yeah. this, is, this is okay. Now it's, all right, let's take it to that next level. You so seem to, that's it, it sounds like you're in sort of the place that I usually get myself to where you're, I don't know, like I've referred to it as courage or comfort. You get to that comfortable place where you can do yeah. you can do what you need to do, but you can't really do what you want to do. Like, yeah. And that's where you need that bit more motivation. But it's interesting that you yeah. say that you kind of, you hit rock bottom and that's what really spurred you on to. And I hear that a lot from people. Like it seems the yeah. people that have the best results are the people that reach that dark horrible miserable place and then they have a good response when they actually really go for it yeah well i mean you know fear is a very powerful motivator Mm. you know just being and when you hit rock bottom the the nice thing about rock bottom is you really can't go it's only one way yeah there's only one way it's yeah it's either stay there and that you already know how much that sucks so it's let's try going up. Let's try going this route. And uh, I think what holds a lot of people back is kind of really anything that challenges us as humans, the way our brain, our brain is designed, it's we seek comfort. We seek, mm-hmm. we seek the easy way. And with this, there, there is no easy way. And it's, you got to get comfortable with being uncomfortable. You got to push and push and push and, um, just, just keep fighting and, you know, when you fall down, dust yourself off, get back up and just keep going. Um, so what is, here's a difficult question for you. Let's be real. Like, what is it that stops What is it that stops you or keeps you within that eight mile radius? Like why is it because you can do the things that you need to do? It's, I would say that radius. Yeah, it's. Again, it's just, it's, you kind of fall back into that trap of this is comfortable. Mm. This is easy. I can do this. Um, mm. And uh, yeah, it's, it, it, that fear creeps in of, okay, um, you kind of forget that first trip, how hard it was, but you did it. And you mm-hmm. kept building upon that. And then it gets to a point where it's like, okay, now you're really in the deep end. This mm-hmm. isn't a complete. You know, my first exposure was driving quarter mile, yeah, you know, yeah. if that, mm-hmm. to a to a to a, a gas station. I mean, going to a gas station, you're there for you're there for more than five minutes. You know, you're doing mm-hmm. something wrong. I remember your <laughs> so, old. I remember your old videos of going to. Was that the gas station? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So it's very quick. You know you can almost hit a board on that really mm-hmm. quick. Meaning, you know, if you get back in the car, you drive you're home in less than a minute. Yeah. yeah. Whereas now it's okay. I want to go to this shop. He said, this requires 
multiple busy streets, traffic lights, which have always been, you know, kind of a hinder for me. My biggest thing was I can't get home fast enough. I can't get back to yeah, my yeah. safety zone fast yeah. enough. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when you get out there further and further and further, it kind of sets in that, hey, this isn't a, oh, it's okay if I have a panic attack, I'll be home in a minute. It's, okay, I'm having a panic attack and I'm... It's going to take me 15 minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. So, and again, what I have to remind myself, especially when I go out and I'm I'm practicing this, is it's not about getting good at going somewhere. It's, It's about being able to handle the panic attack, be able to ride it out and kind of just be that calm warrior in the storm. Let it come at you, let mm-hmm. it hit you. If you need to sit down and ride it out, that's fine. There's no rule against, okay, sit down, let it happen and then get up. Or the way I kind of try and do it is just come at me, let me keep walking, let me just keep going. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd rather be active during a panic attack rather than just sit down. I think yeah, when yeah. I sit down I think- through a panic attack, I think it's harder yeah i think the key is to not retreat isn't it like you can yeah i mean you can stand just stand with it and let it do its thing or you can carry yeah. on move forward but it's when you retreat that's when you reinforce that this is not good and, and when you're running from something you know it, it it's scarier when you are retreating yeah, yeah. And you're rushing home and it's you've now changed your mode of thinking from i can do this to i can't do this mm-hmm. And you really start to follow those thoughts and really buy into that fear. And at that point, it owns you. And that's just terrifying. Yeah. yeah. Um, but when you stand there and just, you know, hey, this is going to suck. This is going to just brutally suck for the next five, ten minutes, however long it's going to take. But if I can make it to the other side of this, I beat it. Now I'm proud of myself. I might still be shaken. I might still mm-hmm. be having a hard time. I may even get another panic attack, but if I can walk through this fire and then go home in a more calm, rational state, then, you know, you can still feel like crap, but the heart of you is just like, you know, I want confidence. Yeah. It's confidence. I had an, I had an experience in my local shop not long ago and it's like maybe about a month, two months ago, I went in there and felt awful, had to bail out. But the minute that I made that decision to bail out of there, like that journey from the aisle to the exit was horrific. But like it was about maybe two weeks ago, I did the same thing, felt really uneasy in there, but I just decided, right, like I'm doing what I'm doing. I'm not running out. And the difference between those two feelings, like the worst part was making that decision and the journey to the door. That was way worse than me just standing and accepting and just living that panic for it literally lasted like 30 seconds as soon as i made the decision i weren't going to bail out like i felt this wave of just calm but that that journey when you make that decision to the exit it's horrible that's the worst moment i don't know if you've bailed well you must have bailed out of places but that that journey is it's rough i've i've never fully bailed um when i Mm. very first started I remember the first time I went to the grocery store, which out here they're they're massive. Yeah, yeah. I I walked in the double doors, you know, and I mean I had just got inside the building and I was just grabbing something. I was like literally at the front of the store. It was my first time going to this store by myself mm-hmm. ever. So I'd been there before with you know with, with my family and I had an idea, you know, I knew where things were. Yeah. Um but I went in and I got to what I needed to grab and 
right then it hit me, you know, just that get out, get out now, mm -hmm. you know, run. And I put down my item and I started walking to the doors and I stopped just before I got to the doors and I literally said, you know, screw this. No, yeah. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not running. Mm -hmm. And I turned back around, went and got my stuff, waited in line, bought it, and then calmly walked out because I noticed that, again, when I started to retreat, it was exacerbating it. Whereas yeah, when, it, I, yeah. Mm -hmm. you know, when I stopped the retreat and said, no, screw this, go back, uh, it actually started to come down. Now, mm -hmm. granted, I'm, I'm giving the clerk my money, like, you know, shaking. <laughs> yeah, but, you're doing you know, it. You're doing yeah, it. Yeah, it's, I'm, I'm. Yeah, I'm not letting go. I'm not holding back. Um, I'd say the closest thing that I had to retreat ever since I started doing this was this last October, my, my kids' school had a festival mm -hmm. uh, that uh, we volunteered to help run. We had a booth. We were selling some of our, uh, our uh, besides being a trainer, I also have a second business of uh, wood crafts and building mm -hmm. things, whatever. So we had a booth and we were selling stuff. And... I mean, this is a major event. I mean, a couple of thousand people. There's, you know, we're trying to set up our booth. There's cars everywhere trying to set up on this grass field. And it just got super overwhelming that um, I ended up taking uh, a Benzo mm -hmm. just to, like, I'm like, this This is not going to be something that's going to be, you know, I'm here and I'm out. This is going to be like a five-hour event. Yeah, yeah. And I, at the same time, I also had uh, shingles. Mm. I like I just like that day got diagnosed with shingles. Wow. Okay. So, um, luckily it didn't hit me that hard. Um, mm. But never really had health anxiety. Like I don't worry about getting sick. But when I yeah. do get sick, then I get concerned. Mm -hmm. um, so everything kind of built up into this perfect storm, and I end up taking the benzo because it was kind of like, look, I want to enjoy this, not yeah, yeah. be, not make this an exposure. Um, and I did, and I ended up having, you know, a great time because I was able to be calm the whole time. Um, it obviously wore off before the event had ended. At that point, I'd already kind of been acclimated to everything, so I was mm -hmm. able to just stay. And then when it was over, it was over. Um, but I do remember being pretty disappointed in myself for taking the Benzo. Yeah, um, yeah. I had, before that, I hadn't taken a Benzo in over a year. Mm -hmm. Um. But, you know, it was something that I did in that moment. Um, I don't, I really don't want to take them. Um, it's like a I think I'm, precautionary thing. You took it in advance yeah. of. Yeah. Yeah. Just, I, I knew how I was feeling. I knew what I had to, I, I knew what I had to do. I also knew that I needed to kind of be in charge. Um, yeah, yeah. There was a lot of, a lot of responsibilities that were going to fall on my shoulders and you know when you get super anxious you can think you're just not thinking as clearly mm -hmm. you know your memory your memory recall is a little off you're quick making decisions sometimes a little off because you're so focused on the anxiety where mm -hmm. that would have actually been a great opportunity to practice yeah, i yeah. kind of chose i don't want to practice in this particular moment um you know, and again, looking back, even talking about it now, it's like I'm, I'm making excuses. I mean, I got scared mm -hmm. and I kind of I kind of failed. Um, but I would say that's probably really the only time I guess you could say I kind of failed out. But um, and then because that affected me so much, I made sure that I kept going back to that to my kid's school every single day. And I got mm -hmm. to a point where 
I just would go and sit in the parking lot, um, you know, for 30 minutes at a time, just pull out my phone and watch an episode of a television show or something mm-hmm. like that. And just, just sit there with the anxiety. So I was like, no, you're, you're not going to hold me. Mm-hmm. And, uh, that was it right now. If I had to drive down to my kids school, obviously schools, I don't, who knows if they're ever going back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah, the school year's over. It's supposed to be over next week. Um, and we're still mm-hmm. not back. We're, we're still in lockdown. So, yeah, same. Uh, um, yeah. So maybe after summer, but, uh, if I went there right now, I would definitely say I would have a panic attack, but I wouldn't, run. I wouldn't retreat. Mm-hmm. However, if you, if you said, Hey, drive down to your old high school, that's 25 minutes down the road. That would be like, that's, that's probably not going to happen. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It's interesting. So, so what sort of, cause people love hearing about physical symptoms. So let's, let's go there. Yeah. What sort of thing, what was your big issue? Cause I speak to so many people and it's, it astounds me that people are so different with anxiety. Like some people it's the palpitations or the breathing. Like for yeah. me, it's a dizziness and brain zaps and fucking depersonalization. That's my things. What was it for so, you? Um, for the longest time, the physical symptoms were, you know, obviously the racing heart, you know, mm-hmm. which your adrenaline just going up. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would go into like that tunnel vision. Yeah, yeah. And then for the longest time, I just didn't have a name for it, but I would get that derealization or depersonalization. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I just, yeah, and I used to just explain it. it's like I feel like I'm in a dream. Mm-hmm. That's that was the best way to explain it. Mm-hmm. It's like, this is happening, but it doesn't feel like it's actually happening. Like, I need to wake up. Yeah, yeah. Um, that was probably the scariest and hardest one to deal with. Um, but physical symptoms never really bothered me that much because I've always, in some way or another, I've always worked out. So I'm I was going to say, yeah, I was, I was hoping you was going to say, yeah. like, breathing or heart rate. And then I was going to yeah. hit you with the... But you're a personal fucking trainer, man. <laughs> <laughs> it's honestly, it, it doesn't, that doesn't really, that, that wouldn't really bother me. Mine has always been more of the mental side of it. It's always yeah. been the thoughts. It's generally when a panic attack hits me, I generally experience either depersonalization or derealization. Mm-hmm. And then the thoughts come in, of you're going to get stuck here. Um, again, I don't know why it's most popular one obviously it's something that i still fear i guess is mm-hmm. i'm gonna i'm gonna go blind like i'm just gonna somehow like out panic yeah. attack boom yeah, yeah. lights out and i'm done in which case how would i react who am i gonna like i'm gonna yell out standing there someone take my phone look mm-hmm. up this number and call for help see that's something um, new that's something new i've never heard that one before well i probably have yeah. but do it's, you have do, so? Do you have issues with vision, like floaters and stuff like that? I'm sure you've mentioned floaters because I I had a I, recent I think experience everyone, with floaters. Yeah, I think everyone has floaters. Yeah. Um, I mean, I do get floaters, um, but no, I don't really have any vision problems. I don't need glasses. Um, <laughs> I just like have this every, irrational fear of going just, blind. Just this, just this irrational fear of going blind. Honestly, the last panic attack that I had like just the one that set me down this road and spiraled me down was honestly it was super early in the morning. I went out in my backyard, I'm sitting down and mm-hmm. I just got this vision of me going blind. Uh, and it freaked me out so much that that's, that set me off. And 
again, I, at that time, didn't have tools. I didn't understand floating. I didn't even, actually never really heard of floating. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just reacted completely wrong. I started running and jumping and trying to escape it. Rushed into my house, ran upstairs, and woke yeah. up my wife. And I'm like, save me, save me. And I, I'm like trying to call my parents who live right down the road. I'm like, someone save me. Mm-hmm. And I worked myself up so much that I hyperventilated, hyperventilated and passed out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's when that happened, rather than focus on, okay, or even come to the realization of, okay, I reacted wrong, which caused me to hyperventilate, which caused me to pass out. I thought, oh my God, panic attacks have gotten so bad. Now I'm just going to pass out. That yeah. freaked me out, led to a long day of panic attacks, um, got checked out by the doctors, and I was in such a bad place, I couldn't even listen to what they were telling me, saying, no, you hyperventilated, you passed out, panic attacks can't just make you pass out. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, that's what led to you know months of really, really bad suffering, and then, again, ultimately, what led me to finding the way to work through this. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, going back to the physical symptoms, honestly, right now, my biggest exposures that I've been working on is, um, again, since we're in lockdown, I mean, I can still get in the car and drive places, Yeah, yeah. Um, but I can't go into anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's kind of like, all right, just, you know, drive in circles, basically. Yeah, yeah. Um, but what I can do is um, I've, over the last several years i pretty much primarily focused on weightlifting right um and again i have my home gym so mm-hmm. when you're weightlifting you do a heavy set your heart rate goes up and then as soon as you're done your heart rate starts to come down so it's not really a whole lot of that consistency high level heart rate yeah, yeah. um i've got my bike i've got things that are here you know stationary in my gym i use those that would be kind of my cardio but i decided okay i need to get back into running open road running okay. on treadmill. yeah yeah so now i'm running now miles at a time so i'm you know away from the house it's hot as hell this is las vegas it's already yeah. like 105 degrees yeah <laughs> uh and i mean when i'm at my peak i'll get my heart rate up to about 175 180 mm-hmm. and um, those thoughts will creep in like okay you're away from the house you don't have a car you're not going to be home in a couple of minutes yeah, you know, yeah. you're you're a 10 15 minute jog away so um basically i every single day i would say before i start my run i have a knot in my stomach yeah, and that's still, that anticipatory anxiety yeah. that's interesting and it's, just, yeah, yeah. and it's not something that i'm i'm just i'm not used to doing this and mm-hmm. i would say as i've been doing it now for a few weeks i've definitely gotten better mm-hmm. um but and again it's just, just my plan of attack is i'm going i have the time set on my calendar hey i run at 9 a.m that's what mm-hmm. happens yeah yeah so while, while i stretch out warm up that knot really starts to build up and i just i don't hesitate you know i grab my dog put him on his leash and let's go mm-hmm. and we run and uh i've had I'd say I probably had two actual panic attacks while running and okay. I don't slow down. Yeah. I, I just, I don't like the thoughts are again, Hey, you're going to go blind. Mm-hmm. Hey, you're going to have a heart attack while this is happening. And I just kind of use logic and like, all right, well, I can have a panic attack while I'm running. I'm not going to have a heart attack while I'm running. It's just mm-hmm. not going to happen. Mm-hmm. And it's just, I just tell myself like, all right, well do it. Let it happen. If it happens, I'll deal with it when it happens. If not, I'm not going to stop my run. 
you know, and um, I just stick to that routine. That's the same way that I, I dealt with generalized anxiety. Um, I couldn't get off the couch, so I forced myself off that couch and I made a list of all the things I wanted to do that day. And mm-hmm. I stuck to I stuck to that list, and it was no matter what happens, I am accomplishing these things. Yeah, yeah. And uh, um, that that really really helps. Um, so yeah. Um, do, you, do you do you pick? Yeah. Uh, go on. No, you go. No, 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 no. You. Go. I'll remember my thing. I was, no, you I was, go. Go on. <laughs> I'll, I'll say I'm gonna end up going super off topic. Um, I don't know with YouTube. Are you allowed to show a book or anything, or is that somehow copyright that you're shut down? You can. You're going to jail? Go for it. Right. Do it. They ain't gonna come here. They might. You might get arrested. Um, this book right here, I've just been reading. Mm-hmm. Well, can't hurt me. David, Goggins. David Goggins, he's the runner, right? I've heard Joe Rogan talk about David Goggins. Well, he's a Navy SEAL or ex Navy SEAL. But he's so, been, yeah, go on. I would say probably one of the baddest dudes in the world. I mean, from a fitness standpoint, yeah. the guy is incredible. Mm-hmm. But it's really, really worth reading the book because the reason that he does the things he does, the reason why he joined those SEALs and basically join the most hardcore military groups you can in the u.s like every single special forces in some way or another he went through their training mm-hmm. um and then yeah he does ultra marathons and he, that's at, right i don't yeah, know if, at, at one point i don't know if he still holds the record but he did uh 4,025 push-ups in one day 24-hour period 4,000 whatever <laughs> guys insane but the reason the reason that he does this is because of fear and what he likes to call callousing your mind. Right. And it's a different way of looking at anxiety. It's basically the same thing that we're trying to do, mm-hmm. um, you know, through exposure and going into that fear. He's just basically uses different words. He's a little bit more progressive with his plan of attack, mm-hmm. but fear was his motivator. And it was like, don't become complacent and don't let your own thing. Mm-hmm. And it's just, what are you afraid of? Go out and do it, do it, do it, do it, do it. And he talks about basically being able to be in these moments that terrify him and just through just sure will and not giving up and just sticking with it and doing hard things. He is now palaced his mind to the point where he just doesn't fear anything anymore. Mm-hmm. like it just doesn't own him he's just reprogrammed his brain so again it's a lot of fitness aspect i mean you 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 read his book or if you actually listen to the audio version which is better yeah. i mean you're gonna you're gonna go run five miles right mm-hmm. it's just what's gonna happen you're, you're just gonna, gonna try shoes and you're like, gonna try. no okay. you're you're not gonna try you're, you're gonna do it <laughs> oh my god you'll you'll listen to it you're like oh i'm not giving up but it's um you know, that's actually why I bought the book. I saw him on podcasts. I've seen uh, different videos and um, he's not a motivational speaker in the sense of, you know, I've read some books, I've talked to people and this mm. is, this is why your life is terrible. No, he is a guy that grew up in a terrible, terrible household, shitty upbringing, dealt with a lot of adversity in his life. And it just became through just hard, hard work and mm. just, I'm, I'm going to own it. Nothing will own me. I will own everything in my life that he uh, recovered. And I now, it's, I would say, 
his book is now in my arsenal of weapons in my mind. Um, mm-hmm. When these things happen, it's just like perfect. Let's let's let this you know come at me. I, I I don't care. Like I don't care about my anxiety. It's it's not going to turn it off. It doesn't make it better, mm-hmm. but it's, it's not going to own me. Which again, yeah. it's the same stuff we've been working on for a while now. Yeah, yeah. Do, so, do you ever see yourself as being free to? get out of that 10 mile radius can you picture it can you imagine it you're still yeah absolutely absolutely i'm I'm definitely not giving up um you know it's still a lot of work ahead of me uh one thing i notice is you know being in you know the anxiety groups and you know Mm -hmm. um hearing other people's stories um i would say the vast majority of people that i mean i'm even giving advice to and Mm -hmm. um talking and and helping with a lot of them have been agoraphobic for you know six months you know a year Mm -hmm. this is this is new to them yeah yeah. um i'm like no guys i've been dealing with this since you know Mm -hmm. going on 13 years now of really really limited not going very far again i'm born and raised in las vegas Mm -hmm. if i were to go outside of my current comfort zone i will not recognize it yeah, yeah. everything changed you know um i can see the strip from my house i mean it's like 20 miles away but i can see it mm-hmm. but i see video i see videos and pictures and i'm like i don't even recognize half yeah. the places here yeah, this yeah. is how we grow so where so, where is the furthest you've ever been like as a child or anything have you been like cross <clears throat> country? Oh, i've been out of oh yeah well yeah. um I've been cross country in the sense of going north. Uh, so yeah. Nevada, Las Vegas is at the bottom of Nevada, which Nevada is basically at the bottom of the country. Mm-hmm. Um, so I actually just with a friend of mine drove up to Washington State. It's like, uh, uh, was it like 1,200 miles? We did that in a day, just drove all the way up there. Now, again, this was, um, I was having panic attacks while doing it, but mm-hmm. again, I, it hadn't become a disorder yet. I didn't know what was happening. Right, right. Um, but I did that. I drove to Los Angeles a couple of times by myself mm-hmm. uh, when I was younger. Um, I've never been on an airplane that I, 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 I was the last time I was on an airplane, I was six weeks old. So I didn't really, right. didn't you're really not, understand You're that. not counting that as exposure therapy, mate. Yeah. Uh, I can't really look back on it and be like, well, you know, I did it when I was six years old. <laughs> <laughs> I remember, I remember. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I mean, you know, I'm the oldest of six kids, you know, vacation mm-hmm. for us is where can we drive and be back in a day? You know, yeah, it wasn't, yeah. Uh, yeah. We, we didn't have the luxury of, hey, let's fly or let's mm-hmm. go international. So um, I just, I don't know. I think one of the most important things is to never give up hope. To yeah, take, definitely. Just keep that goal and mm. just just keep working on it. I I, I think, don't see myself being like this forever. I think the tricky thing is is like because you're in a similar position to me, although I'm a bit pathetic with it. <laughs> like I have, I seem to have setbacks all the time. But it's like finding the motivation to take that next step. Now that you can do what you need to do, and that's what I'm interested yeah. in. Like, what is it that's going to ignite that fire to get you 15 miles away? Or what is it yeah. for me to get on an airplane? Or what? Like there needs to be something else because we did the rock bottom thing, and we yeah. made the we made the progress that we need to make to get to where we are now. But like, what's it going to take? So what I noticed and what keeps me going is when you when I get used to a particular area, I, I build this you know radius 
um, mm -hmm. of comfort around my home, you know, it's, you know, it feels good, but all of a sudden it becomes difficult again. Mm -hmm. you, you, you can become, you can become complacent. And then what happens is, is you kind of fall out of shape. I guess the best way mm. to put it is. It is like a, it's a men mental exercise, isn't it? You do become out yeah. of shape. Yeah. If you get to the point where, hey, I'm not having panic attacks, I'm not getting anxious, then all of a sudden, for whatever reason, the shop that you've been going to every day for the last couple of months, you, all, you, you have a panic attack and you fall into that old habit of, am I going to have a panic attack today? Am I going to have a panic attack today? And when you worry and stress about it, you end up having that panic attack, in which case you start avoiding. So more so, it's a continuous training of going out further and further and further. Even if, you know, <clears throat> let's say the furthest you can go is, you know, three miles, you know, mm -hmm. um, and you've made that comfortable, but three mile, three, you know, five steps past that is hard. Well then take those five steps. Mm -hmm. If you have to do it one step at a time, day after day after day, that's fine. Just keep allowing yourself to have that anxiety. Um, keep training your mind. Um, I, I think that's why I've always gone backwards um, mm. is I become comfortable yeah. and then I fall into those bad habits and I start retreating back. Mm -hmm. um, things that are hard for you, you know, like think of like the hardest place that you can go to right now. It's doable, but it's super uncomfortable. Well, if you can get, you know, a mile past that, well, that now becomes, that new shop now becomes your hard thing. And this thing that was once hard to you is now the easier thing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You would much rather, you could tell yourself, it's like, no, I'd rather go to this store because, yeah, this, this is hard, but this is much, much harder. So now yeah, yeah. that, you know, point A is no longer undoable. It's, mm -hmm. it's like, I mean, I can do it and it becomes comfortable. So um, I think that's the motivator. Plus on top of it too, I mean, you know, you have kids. And, you know, they're getting older and it comes to a point where it's, I mean, my kids are little, so I can mm -hmm. still kind of control them, mm -hmm. you know, but life is happening. Like, so perfect example, my son, I guess I'm, I'm coaching his little league team. Well, I was coaching his team before all this stuff. Yep. <clears throat> I signed him up and, you know, uh, for years he's been playing, there's a part right around the corner from Burton House mm -hmm. and that, that's where they play. Um, for whatever reason, the, the league decided, hey, um, we want to mix with another league um, and we're going to play on their fields, which are now like right. 10 miles away. Okay. And I had signed up. I had made all this dedication. You know, I've been working with the other coaches, spent all this time with my son, and then we get this bombshell dropped on us that, hey, uh, we're moving fields only 10 miles away for all your games. Mm -hmm. Plays twice a week. So I'm like, immediately I was furious because I'm like, what the hell? You just took this away from me. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. obviously they're not going to make special exemptions for some guy that has a, you know, mm -hmm. a mechanic disorder or whatever. <clears throat> but, you know, it was incredibly frustrating. And it's like, all right, well, I'm probably not going to be able to make it to a lot of these games because they're so far away and I'm just not at that point yet. Mm. And it's that's where I really comes to that realization. It's just like, look, these types of things are going to continuously happen. That's I'm your motivation. Yeah. It's mm. had I been pushing harder, 
I may have already been at that point and mm-hmm. this would have been a non-issue. It'd have been like, oh, we're, we're moving fields. Okay. You know, that's inconvenient, but whatever, I can do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but because I had become very comfortable in going to that particular field and areas around it, mm-hmm. now it's, you know, I got kind of pushed back into that corner, I guess you can say. And it's like, mm-hmm. crap, this is something difficult that I have to do again. Mm-hmm. So um, now the season has been suspended. Now they're telling us we're just going to pick it up in the fall. So it gives me about four or five months to really work on getting to that area, mm-hmm. which is something uh, I just started kind of working, working. on. I got to start getting closer. Yeah, getting closer to it because, mm-hmm. um, again, my kids, they're getting to the age now where they're going to remember me this way. Mm-hmm. But I don't want that to be their entire childhood. You yeah, know, yeah. my kids, they, they, they desperately want to go to Disneyland, which has always been my, my goal. That's, That's your thing. 400 miles right. away. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, you know, I feel bad. My oldest daughter, she's 10, you know, mm-hmm. luckily or she'll, she'll be 10. Things are still very magical for her, yeah, but yeah. it's not going to be, it's not, I'm not going to have that experience of seeing her at like three years old. Mm-hmm. You have a daughter. Yeah. Everything. She's, she's 14 now. She's. She's out there living life. <laughs> she don't well, need me. Remember, remember, <laughs> well, remember though when she was three? I mean, yeah, everything I would love to. Was I would love to have amazing. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I luckily, I you know that's why I made so many kids. I got all my backups. <laughs> yeah, it's a good idea. It's a good plan. But uh, you know, I I have a three year old right now, and mm-hmm. I have a a, a, a five year old. I'm like. This to them would still be so, so magical. Again, my, my nine-year-old, she would absolutely love it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just like, I don't want to rob them of that because these are the things I had when I was a child. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. We didn't have money, but every other year we went to Disneyland. Yeah. And it's I have those memories, and I don't want to rob my children of those memories. So either I have to get there, or I have to basically tell my wife, like, all right, well, um, mm-hmm. I'm going to go through a different type of hell. You take them to Disneyland and take them on vacation, and I'll just stay at the home, stay mm-hmm. at the house and, you know, panic here at the house. You may as well so panic in Disneyland, mate. You may as well panic exactly. in Disneyland. Exactly. So it's, that's what I got to do. So I got to get to that, get to that point. Um, so, I mean, yeah, I mean that and the other biggest motivator too is just, you know you hear it from people all the time is just, what do you want to it's when you're laying on your deathbed they say it's the things in your life that you didn't do that you regret the most mm-hmm. not the mm-hmm. things you did and you know with agoraphobia it's you know there's a whole lot of things you don't do. a lot of regrets mm. yeah but another thing though too is um Everybody in the world, no matter how great they look from the outside, everyone's dealt a hand in life. And some people, you know, we think that they have this, you know, they got just dealt a really good hand. They've got this, this, mm-hmm. this that, whatever. But we, we really don't know their struggles. But with people like us, it's how much more awesome would our story be that yeah, it's yeah. like, I had to start further back than you did in this race. I had to overcome a lot more just to live a normal life before I could really yeah. reach out for greatness. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, that's, that's also a motivator. It's, you know, Hey, 
like my wife was telling me she's been having panic attacks because she's so just stressed out with this whole lockdown and mm-hmm. you know uh I remember she was just telling me she had a panic attack the other day um and i just told her i said yeah it's like you know now imagine when you go to the grocery store you're mm-hmm. everything's fine all of a sudden you're like hey what's down this aisle they're like nightmares oh no yeah yeah <laughs> Yeah. And all of a sudden you're in you're in full blown panic. So scary. It's, it's scary, but you know, again at the end of the day, it's never killed you. It's it's never hurt you physically. We're still going. It's, We're still here, yeah, mate. Exactly. So it's uh again, the more you practice, the more you do it, you, you just kind of develop that mindset. And the cool thing is you can't forget what you've learned. So you, mm-hmm. you take these skills, you keep them with you. And if you're just willing to just go again and again and again, I think I that's mean, the key. Get there. I've... The key is in the repeated practice. Even when you get to the comfortable stage, you've got to find Absolutely. whatever it is that ignites that fire, find whatever motivates you and just keep, keep going. Yeah. And I think also success builds success. I mean, you know, there's going to be days where it's not even fear that, you know, it's keeping you. It's just, I just don't want to go. I'm just mm-hmm. crazy. I'm not, mm-hmm. I'm unmotivated. I just don't want to do anything today. And it's, you still got to go. You yeah, still yeah. got to do it. Mm-hmm. No days off. Just go, just go, just go. And um, again, that's kind of just how you reprogram your mind. Mm-hmm. Um, and you really start to take ownership over your mind. Mm-hmm. And again, it, it, I, I believe too, it crosses over so much more in life you know it's it's actually a tremendous skill to have that power over your mind um trying to think of the right word for it um (laughs) but just basically have that ownership just that that dedication of making a goal and seeing it all the way through Mm -hmm. and not stopping um so yeah what it is it's what you got to do that's it i reckon that's it you got you got a client coming in in 10 minutes yes sir (laughs) i'm gonna gonna murder him (laughs) yes he's gonna help pay towards the disneyland trip that's the point there you go Mm. exactly see i'm i'm weird because like you said disneyland is 400 miles away whatever i could drive that like i don't i'm i'm a freak i'm a freak of beyond freaks because i can drive anywhere like I can drive yeah. two, three hours to the coast or whatever. And I could probably get out of the car for five minutes, but I don't know. I can't yeah. go to my local supermarket two minutes down yeah. the road. But I can do three hours, you know? Yeah. No worries. So weird. It seems like your seems like your car is just an extension of like it your is. house. It is. I may, I want to get a roof tent for the car. <laughs> so I can just I'm off. Travel yeah. the world, mate. That's me. Yeah, well, that it also sucks to you're on a, your country's an island. <laughs> oh, no, yeah, it's pathetic. Well, I can get to France. We're we're looking at doing France next year, maybe if we're allowed out of the house. Can you do the uh, what? What's the tunnel? Euro tunnel. Yeah, the Euro tunnel. So can you can you, dri- you can drive your car onto that. Yeah, and go. I haven't. I've never done it. I haven't got a passport, but I. That's my intention. I was gonna say, do you feel that? Do you feel that again? As long as you're in your car, you could do that that drive. I think so. I plan yeah. to. Well, my girlfriend's yeah. from the Czech Republic, so I've got yeah. to go over there. I've got to see 
the Czech Republic at some point. And yeah. it's, I'm not going to fly. Yeah. So it's going to be a drive. I mean, here, I mean, I can go a lot of places just by car. Or, mm-hmm. I mean, you got the United States is huge. And then obviously yeah, you got you, Canada. Right. Yeah. Mexico. Yeah. I mean, really, you can take it all the way down to the bottom of South America and wave at Antarctica. But if you want to go to Europe, yeah, it's a different a story. Or a, yeah. or a boat. Well, if I can get across to France, yeah, then I can but, go any. Um, I can go, I can go Egypt. I can go Russia, China. I can do it all. Yeah, those are all the places. You but I, go. I need a, <laughs> I need a roof tent first. <laughs> oh dear. All right, man. Just keep, just man. Let's just tell people like it's. It's you've been on this podcast since seven a.m. your time. It's three p.m. here. Four yeah. p.m. now. Time zones. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you know, I mean, at least you're there. I mean, I've got friends in Australia, and they're eighteen hours know. ahead. Yeah, that's it's, crazy. It's it's yeah. Friday there right now. It's like it's bizarre, isn't it? <laughs> right, man. Oh yeah. You better get on with your day. Thank you very much for chatting and sharing your story. I'm sure there's probably shit tons of stuff that we haven't talked about, but maybe there'll there'll be a follow-up episode one day, I'm sure. Anytime you want. When when we reach a million subscribers, I'll get you back on. I'll probably, I'll be about 75 years old by then. That's fine. Nice. Sweet. Awesome. Okay, man. I'm going to stop recording.